Welcome to the Rooted and Established podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Snyder, and I'm so glad you're here, taking time out of your busy life to join in the conversation. In this space, we'll discuss what it means to live a life rooted in Christ and what that looks like practically in the different areas of our lives. Through short, manageable episodes that you can listen to while doing the dishes or taking a shower, we'll talk about how to live our lives intentionally as Christ followers. My prayer is that in whatever roles we fill or responsibilities we have, no matter where we are planted, we will become rooted and established in Christ. Welcome to the Rooted and Established podcast, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. I am so honored to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. We are going to talk about the whole idea of rest, and it's it's a much bigger topic than I think people realize, and so we're going to dive into that, but first, would you just share a little bit about yourself and your work and what you have going on? Yes, absolutely. Um, well, by profession, I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician. I've been in practice clinically for over 20 years. Um, I'm a mom of two boys, teenagers, one senior, one sophomore, married for 22 years now, and just really at a place in my life where I'm enjoying using my gifts in different ways than I expected. I don't spend as much time in clinical practice now as I do in really helping people heal in other ways through uh, sharing some of my research. I love that. That's so great. I actually discovered you through another podcast and did your rest quiz and got on your email list and was just so intrigued by this topic of rest. And I think a lot of us don't do it well. (laughs) We don't rest well, or we don't know how to rest well or the value of it. Would you just share a little bit? You, your work really talks a lot about the the different types of rest. Would you share a little bit about what those different types of rests are? Yeah. So um, in my book, Sacred Rest, I talk about the seven different types of rest and those seven different types include physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative. Who would have thought there were seven, seven types of rest? That's so great. What, what do the different types of rest actually look like for people? Like what are maybe some practical ways to implement those different types of rest or even maybe how to know what kinds you need? Yeah, that's the question I think most people tend to start with is they either have kind of, uh, at least they know that they're tired. If they don't know anything else, <laughs> they know that they're tired. Yeah. Um, But they really haven't quantified what kind of tired they are, what type of fatigue they're actually dealing with. Mm. And I think a lot of people get in a situation where it feels like rest isn't working for them because the type they're trying isn't improving them. However, if you're getting the wrong type, so you're not getting the type that you're actually having the deficiency in, then it can feel like rest isn't working. But it's not that the rest isn't working. It's really that you're getting the wrong type. So for most people, that uh, initial process, as you mentioned, is, is starts with the quiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you started with, is um, people are wanting to know how do I first identify which of the types of rest I need most. And so that assessment's at restquiz.com. And then after they've determined, okay, well, this is the one that has the highest deficit. Really, it's about looking at what are the things you do in your day that's draining that part of yourself. And then what are the restorative activities you can do to pour back into that same bucket? Because, you know, if you're doing activities that are restful, but it's not pouring back into the bucket that's actually depleted, it's still good, but it's not going to make you feel any better because you're not 
helping that one area. So really the, those activities vary. So let's say if you're someone who is struggling, let's say with a mental rest deficit. So you're, ha- you, you're the person who lays down to go to sleep at night and you can't get your head to be quiet. So you're thinking of all the things. You're thinking <laughs> about your to-do list and you know rummaging over conversations that you're, you had earlier in the day that maybe didn't go how you wanted. So for that person, a simple strategy could be something as basic as keeping a, what we call a brain dump or having mm. kind of a, a notepad or a post-it note or back of an envelope, really anything where they are writing down those thoughts that are keeping them up at night. And really the process of just putting those thoughts on something concrete gives the brain permission to let it go. Yeah. So it doesn't feel responsible for holding on to that information all night. You know, and then on the flip side of that, if you're someone who, let's say, uh, is a problem solver, so you spend most of your day kind of putting out fires, and, um, you know, I think during COVID, that was most of us. We were yeah. all to come up with, you know, innovative new ways of doing things, um, basic things that we may have done one way all our entire life, just grocery shopping, you yeah. know, became an ordeal. <laughs> so when you're problem solving, you're actually using creative energy. And so a lot of people experience creative rest deficits over this past two years and have never really thought about themselves as being a creative, but they were problem solvers and the, and that process is a creative process. So a way that you can restore creativity and get more creative rest is really recognizing what are the things that motivate and inspire you? What, what is the beauty in the world that actually pours back into you? Mm. So rather that's going outside for a walk and appreciation, appreciating nature or if it's going to theater or looking at artwork or listening to music, you know, we each experience it in different ways. That is so interesting. I think that that is such a different way to look at rest and, and to see, I, we, we a lot of time associate it with vegging out on the couch and watching a show or sleeping or reading and just like doing nothing, but rest can actually mean doing something in this case depending on the type you need. That's exactly right. So rest can be cessation activities. So stopping, you know, uh, sleeping, napping, Mm -hmm. uh, fasting, cessation type activities, or it can be restorative activities. And so depending on if you're, if you're, if you're feeling kind of like you're drained from overuse of something, then sometimes a cessation activity is what you may need, like sleeping. If your body's physically drained, if your body's tight and tense, then sleeping doesn't help that. Mm. So the, the restorative activities for that type of physical rest would be stretching or a leisure walk where you're mm. getting your circulation and your lymphatics flowing. So you really have to look at, it's you know, as with anything in medicine, you have to diagnose, but you have to give a treatment for what actually the problem is. You can't assume right. you know, what the problem is. And when we say we're tired, we assume oftentimes that the problem is we just need to sleep. Mm. And that's not always the case. That's so helpful, especially a lot of my listeners are mamas or are business owners or just in ministry. They wear a lot of hats. And so there's this thing where we just, I think as mamas, we feel like I just need sleep. I'm tired all the time. I need more coffee. And that's probably not the only thing you need. Maybe you do need a little caffeine to help you, but that's probably not what you necessarily need. Maybe you're touched out. Maybe you're talked out by your five-year-old. Maybe, maybe it is, you know, you're, you're problem solving all day with your kids or, you know, so looking at these from different angles 
and and trying to figure out and taking the quiz is really helpful to to identify that but looking at it from different sides and seeing okay where am I actually being depleted and what is beneficial to me in this moment when I just feel I'm depleted here maybe a nap isn't exactly what I need maybe it is maybe a nap is totally what you need but it's just I think it's just a whole different way to look at it and I think it's really important for people to understand that that it's not one size fits all for every type of tiredness if you will yeah that's so true there's a lot of self-awareness and a lot of kind of reflection that's required with it because you you do have to kind of really get very real about what it is that's depleting you. And I love that you mentioned, are you touched out by your kids? Because, you know, for a lot of women and this, as a physician, this is a topic I talk about often, but it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but I'll just (laughs) say it anyway. But for a lot of women, I have a lot of women that'll come to my medical practice. They're like, I don't really like it when my husband touches me anymore. And, you know, when we have this conversation, the real problem is that they've had little hands on them all day mm-hmm. long. And so these big hands don't feel very much different because <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay, somebody else putting a demand on my yeah. body. And so I think it's important to be aware of that. There are so many things that we subconsciously are responding to because we are, we are overloaded or overwhelmed in mm-hmm. that area. And all, even if you never identify it or label it, it's still affecting your life. Yeah. What would you, since we're talking about that with, with moms in particular, especially of littles, what do you recommend for mamas to help them, especially when it is hard for us to take the time to replenish what we need because there's so many little people and (laughs) needs and things that, that are needed of us in the moment. What do you recommend for mamas to do when they do really just need to replenish? Yeah. Well, there's three things. The first one is change your idea of what rest looks like. Mm -hmm. I find very often in the women that I work with, they think that for rest to be beneficial, it has to be this huge block of time that they're carving out. Mm -hmm. So if they can't carve out an hour for, you know, a massage or an hour for a mani-pedi or or something like that, they're like, oh, well, I I don't have time to rest. Really, you want rest to be interwoven within your day Mm -hmm. so that you're doing small things throughout the day, not necessarily trying to find some big chunk of time that's never going to be there, you know, particularly in some phases and stages of life. Number two is focus in on the one area of greatest deficit. So don't try to get all seven. That's not (laughs) realistic for most of us. That's going to actually overwhelm you. Find the one or two areas that you can tell today are the ones that are really getting drained. And usually Mm -hmm. those are the places where you're pouring out the most. Yeah. So if you're pouring out a lot homeschooling your kids, then you're probably going to need some creative rest because you're having to figure out how to, you know, teach algebra to a visual (laughs) learner on this side of the table and an auditory learner on the other side. Number three is to try to make sure that the rest you're doing, you're not comparing it to someone else. Because I find very often that we have a tendency to, you know, try to have a one size fits all. And I think you actually mentioned this, this kind of one size fits all. Oh, well, this person said that when they did the the brain dump, they were sleeping for 20 hours, you know? (laughs) And so it's like, I'm going to try that brain dump idea. And then you try it and it's like, okay, that did nothing for me. Yeah. That's why in my book, Sacred Rest, I actually, for each type of rest, put two or three different types of things Mm. that were most common, because even though there were some that seemed to be almost universal, like so many people got benefit from that brain dump. There were a lot of people who said that did nothing for them. 
So I started to look, well, what worked for them? Well, for them, mindfulness techniques work, kind of renewing the mind, actually making sure that they're able to concentrate and clear their thoughts out by actually concentrating on specific things, whether that's a scripture or a word of the day or whatever it may be. So you have to determine that for yourself. So, which means you have to take off that comparison role where it's like, well, let me, you know, my rest looks different. So it must not be good. Let's Mm. get rid of that. Yeah. That's so important though, because we're all unique and we're all individual. And we have, even though maybe we have similar needs in, in what type of rest we need, maybe the way we feel refreshed and rested is going to look different. So kind of some of that trial and error, some reflection, some time to figure out, give yourself some grace and figuring out what that looks like and what actually fills you back up. Hey friends, I've got another rooted recommendation for you. I used to think that supplements and vitamins beyond a multivitamin or prenatal from Target were a luxury, but since finding quality supplements and vitamins that have actually changed my health, I've discovered that they really are a necessity to our health. I've been using Plexus vitamins and supplements for over five years and absolutely love them for their quality and effectiveness. They help with balancing blood sugar, reducing inflammation, removing toxins from the body, and restoring balance to the gut. If you feel like you've tried all the things but haven't tried these, I encourage you to give them a go. Check out the whole line of supplements for gut health, weight management, and healthy skin at the link in the show description. And new customers can use code SAM2020 for 10% off your first order. You can also contact me for a free consultation on which products would be best for your health goals. Now back to the episode. I really want to go back to what you said though, on your first point though, of finding those little pockets and making it just like part of your rhythms and part of your life. Uh, Last year, I went on this whole journey of learning about the Sabbath and putting that more into practice and I was really good at avoiding. I'm a great avoider. And I was thinking that when I was avoiding, I was resting and I was not. Those are two very different things. And so I've gotten, trying to get better about the resting part. Um, But I learned too that Sabbath isn't necessarily, to have a Sabbath lifestyle is not necessary just to only practice it one day a week. It's to practice it throughout your week, to have rhythms and routines in your life that help to refresh you, help you to focus on the Lord in, in throughout your life, creating these routines and these lifestyles. And, and you, you touched on that with, with rest, how have the, your research or the practice for you, how has that helped you or helped others that you've worked with maintain this, the Sabbath lifestyle? Yeah, that's been so important. I, we actually just finished up our first uh, virtual living Sabbath retreat where we um, basically that was the whole conversation. I just really felt a heart for, around this exact topic because I, I just feel like that is where most people, they believe that if you can't have a whole day, then you just need to forget about it because you know you fell yeah. at Sabbath keeping. Um, and that's just not the reality of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you talk to even pastors and, and people who we look up to within ministry, they don't do Sabbath on Sabbath. And mm-hmm. Sunday. You know, one of the speakers we had was Mark Batterson, um, mm. you know, very well-known author, yeah. written a bazillion books. Um, and it just a, a enlightening conversation that I had with him when he was sharing about his own practice of Sabbath um, on a Monday, he and his wife, that's the day that they tend to mm-hmm. take. 
And he was just sharing kind of some of the things he does within his routine. And I love that um, in sharing about it, he was able to share kind of how he gets some of these different types of rest I'm talking about specifically because he recognizes that Sabbath keeping is really about appreciating kind of the beauty of, of God in your, yeah. in your life. And you can't do that if you're always rushing, running and going from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. And so a big part of that is that, you know, as we go throughout our week and our, our day to take those small moments, I call them uh, sacred spaces within our day that we just kind of take a moment to, to appreciate what God has done who God is, how, you know, how our day's flowing, the people, the places, the smells, the things, all of those little bits. Um, You know, there's the story of the fish and the five loaves, and it talks about at the end how Jesus had them gather the fragments and all of those things, you know, at the very end. You know, I feel like that's what my life should look like. Mm. It's like, there should be so much goodness pouring out of me because I'm in a place of, of peace and calm. And I'm at a place of functioning, not out of my burnout or my overload and overwhelmed, but actually from my fullness that at the end of the day, I don't end my day with no fragments left over Mm. with no pieces of goodness that I can then consume as well. I remember, you know, in the height of my burnout, I remember coming home one day and, you know, my kids, my husband, you know, they always got what was left over after everybody Mm. else had kind of expended my energy that day. And I remember coming home one day and I told my husband, I have nothing left to give you. I gave it mm. all at that hospital and I don't want that to be my life. And so yeah. that was kind of one of the changing turning points for me. I never want to get to the point where at the end of my day, there are no fragments of goodness that I can still consume. That's beautiful. What a beautiful picture to of operating from a place of rest rather than from the place of overwhelm or burnout of, of allowing God to uh, fill in those, those spaces and to make room for those sacred spaces so that we are not just constantly striving and going, 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 and there's nothing left, especially for the people that we're closest to like those, they should, they shouldn't be getting the last of us or the, the very little bit that we have left. They should be getting our best. And so but yeah, when we operate from that, from that Sabbath lifestyle, from that sacred restfulness, then we're able to have more to give in the end. We're going to, we're going to be able to, to operate out of his abundance in us rather than just our own strength or lack thereof in that that case. Yeah, that's so true. And you know, that's the thing. Most of the people that I work with are people who are in ministry, who are uh, leaders. That's a lot of the work that I do right now, uh, either within corporations or ministries. And that's the thing. When we learn actually how to live a well-rested lifestyle, we are more productive Mm -hmm. and you're not productive from a place of feeling drained, but you're productive from a place of of really coming from your best self. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're in ministry too. And our, my husband mostly takes his Sabbath. We rest on Sundays after church, but it's a work day. (laughs) So, you know, our Sabbath really is Fridays because that's his day off and uh, just being okay that it's not maybe the traditional all day Sunday and things, maybe it's broken up. Maybe it's pieces here and there, or it's a half day here and a half day here. But I think the key point here is to make sure that you are setting aside that time and taking the time to be mindful of the the rest and be mindful of the Sabbath. And then, and maybe, maybe you do take a nap because that feels good and feels rejuvenating, but maybe you go paint or read or walk or cook, whatever that might be for you. 
whatever is refreshing and filling up for you. I love John Mark Comer talks about the idea of Sabbath is you do the things that put you more in awe of God, kind of like what you were saying, Mark Batterson was saying. It's just, what are those things that put you more in awe of God? Those are the things that you should be Sabbathing with. That's, that's going to fill you up. That's going to refresh you. That's going to give you the rest that you actually need. Yes, that's so good. Yeah, I love that. So what is something, if you were just sitting across the table from our listeners, what is something you would really just want to hit home with them and just leave with them uh, on this whole topic of, of rest? Yeah, so I would probably say if you're someone who in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, I'm just not good at rest. You know, I'm a, I'm a Martha by nature. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I have a hard time stopping or slowing down. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely relate to you. That's my, my personality as well. I'm a doer. Yeah. Uh, I say that unapologetically. That's how God made me. That's my personality. Um, but even doers have to have rest. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important to understand that, um, that there's nothing wrong with being a doer, but you don't want to be a doer that's doing from a place of emptiness. You want to mm-hmm. be a doer that is actually functioning from a place of fullness. Yes. Yes. Again, out of that abundance that comes from him and rather than the emptiness or the fatigue or whatever we have left over. I love that. Well, I like to wrap up our episodes with just kind of a fun question. What is a resource or activity or thing you are loving right now that is helping you stay rooted in Christ? Yeah, the thing that right now that I'm kind of spending a lot of time with has been my, um, the whole living Sabbath that I mentioned with you. Um, what we did with that is it was a three-day conference, but the conference is already completed. But <laughs> what we did after that is we actually did an aftercare that, mm. that I'm basically walking people through the things that I do on a regular basis. Um, so every month they get two little um, kind of snippets of, um, I call them restorative sessions, just to kind of walk them through the process of how to continue to live a life of of Sabbath. And if anybody's interested in that, they can check out livingsabbath.com. All the replays from all the speakers and all those things are available there and they're still welcome to to jump on board. But that's been really beneficial for me because I never really, I, there's things that I do, but I've never really vocalized them or walked anybody else through the process. So it's really just been beautiful to see people kind of incorporating it into their own lives. That's so great. I love that. Well, where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about rest from you? Yeah. So um, my main website is I choose my And then all of this is in my book, Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity. And it's available wherever books are sold. Awesome. I'll be sure to link all of that in the show description for everyone so they can come hang out with you and learn more from you. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the show today. I so appreciate you taking the time to, to share with us about rest. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Rooted and Established podcast. As always, I'm so grateful you took time to listen. I would be honored if you take a moment to leave a five-star rating and positive review. This helps other potential listeners know that this is a podcast worth listening to. And while you're at it, screenshot the podcast and put it on your social media or stories to share with your friends. That is worth a thousand thank yous. But if you tag me, I'll be sure to personally thank you myself. I hope you have a great week and we'll chat again soon.